Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of The Verge.biz. I've really settled on .biz for that joke. And part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and I have an important update on the Vox Media Podcast Network and our status within it. Today, I saw Ezra Klein, my uh-huh. friend and enemy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I said, hey, man, you know, I've started this beef with you on the podcast. And he looked at me and said, oh, I haven't been listening. <laughs> so that's that's where we are with that. But part of the Vox Media Network, the flagship podcast of The Verge, and quite honestly, the entire podcasting industry. Mm-hmm. So I am Neil Patel. I'm the Energy of the Verge. Paul Miller is here. Hello. And the man, the legend, the complete Verge hero byline dominator, Dieter yeah. Bone is here. Yeah, can we like clap for Dieter? Yeah. Some clap. Uh, okay. That's very kind of you. So I want to point out that uh, I still didn't write more posts that day than Heim Gartenberg. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, you get to keep you keep practicing. <laughs> uh, so the Bone Zone, in effect. Uh, where this is all basically an all Google show with a side of open standards complaining. Mm. That's what we're going to oh do. Oh my today. god! And just just it's, to be clear, it's almost did, like it's a Verge cast. <laughs> if you didn't go to theverge.com yesterday, you know a lot of people. You yeah. know, it's a multi um, multi platform experience. Yeah, so yeah. maybe you weren't yeah. you weren't there, yeah. but there was definitely a moment where our whole hero, full of I don't know twenty stories. All written by Dieter Bone with yeah. exclusive, mm-hmm. never before seen information about everything Google announced. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. So Google had its big hardware event yesterday. I'm gonna, Dieter. I'm just gonna do a tiny little bit of inside yeah. baseball. So you if you, it. I've been watching the tech industry for a long time. You know, companies have big events. They invite some journalists in early, get some pre-briefs. You know, you in the magazine days, you get the big cover of the magazine. They invited Dieter, but what we decided to do was instead of writing the one big feature. How Google's going to do a thing, we split it up, which is cool. So Dieter wrote a piece yeah. on the, the new Pixel phones. He wrote a piece about the new Google speakers. He wrote a piece interviewing Sundar Pichai. He wrote a piece with Rick Osterlo. Because that's the way the media works now. People want focus. Mm. So it was like a big new experiment. We would love your feedback and what you thought of it. If you want us to instead write one big magazine feature, print it on paper, and mail it to you, mm. that is probably not yep. feedback that I will accept. But I'm eager to hear it. I you know you want to hear my feedback? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was super. I fun. felt super well. Was informed. it was it too much? That's that was the thing. I just no, like well, you couldn't you couldn't read it all. If there was something at the moment, I ended up reading I probably everything. But if there was something at the moment I wasn't focused on, I wanted to dive into more information about one thing, like yeah, overall hardware strategy or this phones in particular or these pixel but you know like. I, I I could go where I wanted to and learn so much information about all these things that like typically at this stage we're still scrambling for details. You yeah. Know? The other piece of inside baseball is um, journalists like everybody are pretty competitive and uh, when the story went up I definitely had to go into hiding uh, yeah. at the Google event for about an hour so that nobody would murder me. Yeah. That's okay. We 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 get mad at other people when they get stuff. It happens all the time. It's good. No one's it, actually mad. This is why yeah. it's inside baseball. No one cares. Do you want to know about the stuff? We yeah. had a bunch of stuff for you to know. We, uh, we had all the stuff. Yeah. Like our friend By the David way, Pierce had the, the inside on Sonos history. Good for David. We're yeah. happy for him. Over yeah. wired. Read that one story, but don't read anything else. <laughs> you should just know if uh, you didn't look at the time length of this podcast, it's probably going to go long. So just buckle in. Be prepared for a longer than usual Vergecast. <laughs> I, just, I just, I have to say- yeah, that without a hint of irony or self-awareness at all, Neil, I said before we started, 
to Andrew Marino, our intrepid producer. Andrew, we're going to go 90 today. <laughs> They've been long recently. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. All what right, do you want Let's do it. Let's get into All it. right, Dieter. You know everything. Let's start I at the start. I know quite a bit. You, no. you hung out with Google for a while. By the way, mm-hmm. one of our listeners tweeted at me last week, and they're like, Dieter knows everything because he's not talking during this Google segment. <laughs> <laughs> good, good catch. Um, yep. So you spent a ton of time with Sundar. You spent a ton of time with Rick Osterloh, who's the head of Google's hardware yep. division. Just tell, give us the broad overview of what they announced and, and your kind of overall thoughts, and we'll dive into products. Sure. So the main thing to to know about what they announced, I think, is they announced a grand total of eight different things. Two phones, an insane standalone camera, a new laptop, a new VR version of the VR headset, headphones, and two speakers. That's yeah. eight. Yeah. There, there you go. The camera and the headphones are brand new product categories. And so this whole question, and this all happens in the context that they just, you know, acquired 2000 engineers for a billion dollars from HTC. So the whole question for Google has always been, are you really serious about this? And the best way to answer that question is by selling millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of products. Google's not there yet. So instead, they answered that question by like, we're entering new product categories, we're hiring a bunch of engineers, and here's how serious we are. And we can get into like the product philosophy, but the bottom line for both Sundar in one way and Rick Osterloh in an entirely different way, the thing that makes these products different is that Google is better at AI than anybody else. And these products are either infused with or directly inspired by AI. Their dream is to make products that wouldn't be possible if they don't have AI in them. And they're like on the road to getting there. And in some categories, they've actually gotten there. Yeah. I mean, I think that you use that line, right? The reconfiguration of the standard integration line, Mm. hardware and software plus AI. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me I only started thinking about this yesterday. The line actually used to be hardware and software and services. And what's happening is the AI component is actually filtering in to replace that service component. So I think the best example of this ever uh, was the iPod and iTunes. So you bought a piece of hardware. It worked. was tightly integrated with a good piece of software at the time called iTunes. And that was tightly integrated with a service called the iTunes Store. Mm -hmm. And that was seamless and great and worked incredibly well. By the way, iTunes files are DRM free and played on any device in the iPod had a fun track. I needed to wipe a Mac today and <laughs> it took that? me an extra twenty minutes because of iTunes. All what? I was saying was iTunes files were sold DRM free. Not only, always. Not always. Oh, but they, but oh, Steve Jobs himself said, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want DRM on these files. Right. Made it so you could buy an iTunes file, play it anywhere. I bought a little headphone jack. Just a thing I'm thinking about. Interesting. <laughs> My thought is we are now in a place where I think the the tight integration of hardware and software is I think we are taking that for granted now, right? That's a thing you need to do to make a great mobile device. Mm-hmm. Google got there. Samsung is pushing it on its own way. Microsoft is pushing. They're literally making their own hardware. We've come to the place where the big software platform vendors have realized that in order to compete with Apple's particular advantage, mm-hmm. they need to make their own hardware. We've been talking about that for a long time. The services layer is really interesting because Apple has its own services. It prioritizes its own services and its hardware in different ways. Um, so that we were just talking about before the, before the show started, the Apple Watch, if you have the LTE version, you can only stream Apple Music on it over LTE. For a variety of I mean, there's good reasons for it, mm-hmm. like 
battery life because you know they optimize for their own service. But we're entering a place where the, now the service layer is getting integrated into that puzzle. And I think what Google is trying to add on to it is saying, well, we have this massive advantage in AI. Mm-hmm. So we can make your devices smarter and that you know we're, Google is known for its services. So they're, they're actually moving into that next piece where they're saying, we're going to help you make better decisions with all the data we know, which is a pretty intense competitive advantage for them. It's funny. Yeah. I really loved this Google event, and I'm like pretty hyped on Google right now in hardware. I still don't buy the AI thing. Like, I've, <laughs> I've been using it. A- no, no, you're totally right. Like, it, it's a thing that like you they have to prove it. Like, keep going, because I, uh, I totally agree. I've been I've been use, I used the essential phone for a couple of weeks. So I was like using a lot of Android. I don't follow a lot of sports, but I do uh, watch Seahawks games. So every time there's a Seahawks game, I have to Google when are the Seahawks playing. Google has figured this out about me. And now Google will surface to me the score of whatever Seahawks game is yeah. on on my lock screen of my Android phone. Wow. So like they figured it out. And good for them. Yeah. But you know what? I don't normally watch live games. <laughs> I was home with my parents. Now that I'm home here in New York, I always watch on Game Pass like the yeah. next day. So I have scores like oh, turned no. off on my NFL mobile app yeah. where you actually have settings for that. Yeah. I'm sure there are I can, settings buried deep yeah, in the I'm Google sure app I can for that. Tell Google that the AI is like, thank you for thinking okay, of me. Google, please stop this. <laughs> yeah. What I what my problem is like they'll they'll do that for me for the Vikings, but I also want them to do it for me for Packers scores, but only when the Packers are losing, <laughs> and they haven't figured that out yet. That I only really want to know the score when the Packers are losing. But oh, so I love like you, Dieter. The, the, you're my favorite. The, the other piece great, of this, great offense, is uh uh huh yeah. How's your how's uh, your how's your entire offense on the Vikings here? Is it great? Uh, they all have they they don't have knees. <laughs> a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they just they're just like just like walking around with peg legs. That's that's how that's going for me. <laughs> anyway. Some of it's like, you know, Google flexing and look what we can do. But some of it is a little bit of like hand waving. It's a little bit of watch the ball or it's a little bit of, you know, don't look over here, look over there. Because fundamentally, and like Rick Osterloh said this, he said, do we have an advantage in hardware? No. Apple is just dominating them on processor speeds. And that I also, frankly, think in terms of the raw hardware of like a camera lens and maybe even the sensor itself, they also are losing out to the iPhone. I, I can't say that for sure. We got to see. They might be using basically the same sensor as the Samsung S8. Who knows? But at least in processors and also in like some other stuff, like access to like super high quality screens that bend and have notches and blah, blah, blah. They don't have it or they can't get it in the way that Apple can. And part of that scale and part of that's they just haven't been doing it as long. And so some of this stuff, when when Rick Osterloh talks about, you know, Moore's Law is ending and Dennert scaling, which is the thing where when the processor gets smaller, it presumably uses less power, is also like not working anymore. So there's everything is the same and like yes when it comes to android everything has a qualcomm snapdragon 835 and you know something above three gigs of ram great you good job you are differentiating from all those people but it's not fair to say that compared to apple's stuff that processor innovation is stagnant because apple so far as i can tell is doing a very very good job of continuing to innovate on processors yeah and i think that that points to 
Google's potential market with this hardware, and we should talk about the specific products, but they're mm-hmm. going to eat their ecosystem, right? If you make the Android phone with the best camera, I just sincerely doubt people are going to buy the Samsung phone for Samsung software, right? They're just going to buy the phone with the best camera. And you Google think. pretty clearly makes that product. Hopefully, I mean, we have, again, we have to see with the Pixel 2, but it's been true of the Pixel for a year. Now, the difference is that Google actually didn't manufacture the Pixel. It was like an idea. It was like an apparition that floated through our world. Um, <laughs> so, Which they addressed on stage. Yeah, and then they immediately sold out. How did they address it on stage? They said, we're going to like make more of them. Or like oh, that we didn't yeah. make it. The Pixel was a great phone that we didn't make enough of or something yeah, like they that. They like very directly said yeah. it. So, I mean, they already ran out yesterday. Hopefully they're going to make enough. But, I mean, that seemed to me their market that they're going to take from is going to be Samsung and LG and HTC first. And we are almost certainly going to talk about the cost of ecosystem switching. Mm-hmm. Convincing iPhone uh-huh. owners to switch will be a harder lift than convincing other Android phone owners to buy a nicer camera. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the phones. Yeah. Pixel 2. Pixel, uh, Pixel 2 XL. Pixel 2 XL. You just look at the specs again, you know, standard top tier Android specs. Uh, one is a five inch screen. That's the Pixel 2. It has big, stupid ass bezels on the top <laughs> of the bottom. It's like, look, sorry, at, look at this, thing. Sony. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, what iPhone are you doing? fans. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> And, you know, like you look at that thing and you're like, oh, well, that, that, that must be the super cheap one, but it's still 650 bucks. Um, the nice thing is that it has the same camera as the 2XL. They don't reserve anything for nice for the thing. And those bezels also have dual speakers in it. Um, the 2XL has a six inch screen. It's 18 by nine. It's got curved edges. People have been calling it edge to edge. I don't think that's true. Uh, it does have dual speakers. So the bezels on the top and the bottom are pretty big. Um, but it also has bezels on the left and the right. It just does. Yeah. Um, and, and so the thing looks like, it does not look like the future. It just doesn't. Uh, and it's, it's, it's fine. It's like a totally good looking phone. I think, I think it has good design. Uh, but it's, it's a different kind of like phone design. It's a phone design that's meant to be, I, I keep saying this, so I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's, it's meant to be pragmatic instead of flashy. couple quick questions. So, the curved corners of the XL screen. What happens when you're yeah. watching YouTube videos? Does it, are there black bars on the right and left? So here's a here's a some fun shit that Google does because YouTube is just loves playing hijinks games. You already know that the only way to get picture in picture on Oreo is to subscribe to YouTube Red. They block it in Chrome for picture in picture, and it only works in YouTube Red if you pay subscription in the YouTube app. If you want to go full immersive screen and have the corners covered or whatever, you are able to double tap on the video finally and have it go full screen edge to edge and zoom in. Or you could just leave it letterbox like normal because it's an 18 by 9 screen. That's launching first on the Pixel and will come to other devices later. So they made a custom feature in the YouTube app for the Pixel and then it eventually will get rolled out to other things that you can double tap to get a full zoom on the YouTube video. That's the software hardware integration we were hoping for. I'm about to flip a table here. (laughs) YouTube has all of the power inside like Google's content business right now. Yeah, of course. Google Play Music didn't get mentioned until the very, very end. And I guarantee you the only reason they mentioned Google Play Music at all is because I know for a fact 
that Google employees read our live blog during the <laughs> keynote, and they saw me pointing out that they have said Spotify four times, they've said YouTube Music five times, and they haven't said Google Play Music a single freaking time. And then at the very end, they're like, "Oh, Google Play Music exists too." It's like, "Oh, you're so kind." They got the note before I walked out on stage. Like, you got it. You got to say it. Okay. Um, by the way, this is true of every company that we cover. They all read our live blogs. Companies have requested that we send Casey to live blog their oh, events. Really? And I'm like, you know he's going to burn you to the ground. That's what he does there. <laughs> no, but we'll be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, second question. Yeah. My first impression when I saw the first pixel in the flesh was like, oh, that's chunky. Yeah. Did you get yeah. that vibe with the Pixel 2? Specifically the small one. Yeah, the small one is not not chunky. It's not um, not chunky? It, it's not not chunky. Okay. It's got like nice rounded edges and they did this really clever thing where they they put a paint of some you know, some sort of hybrid coating, they call it, over the aluminum, so it almost feels like plastic. But it's not like I don't know the precise dimensions off the top of my head, but it doesn't feel like a like radically thin phone. Right. Not like a like a S eight or something. Yeah. Like I said, these things don't feel like the future. Is the little one as similar yeah. to the original Pixel as it appears to be? Yeah. Right. It's very, very similar to the original. Right. Oh. That's what I figured. Like, it's the bigger one that yeah. has the it's the new design, basically. The stuff. Yep. I yep. love the design of the bigger one. So if you watched Paul and I on the Circuit Breaker show on mm. Tuesday, which I encourage everyone to watch Tuesdays at four PM Eastern on live. live. So we've got our little like tweet screen is built into an iMac G four. Mm-hmm. Our producer literally hollowed out the screen and mounted a surface in it. And but we were like playing with it, and we've got a bunch of old gadgets back there on the set, and all of them are so much more fun than new devices. Like the the hilarious comedy of the iMac G4 is wonderful. The Tangerine iBook G3 we have is has a carrying handle, <laughs> has a handle, and they're they're just exuberant devices. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how so many new devices from every company. They've gotten so minimal that they're they're like really demanding of you. They that they're like sometimes hard to hold and right. I don't know, they don't have various ports and they're just very complicated, <laughs> like austere things. And then the yeah. Pixel Two Excel in particular just seems very friendly. That orange button, yeah, the black, it's just that white, thing. and orange button. I mean, we obviously saw it in the leaks. Like, man, that. I'm so sad that they don't have a version that's black white with the orange button in the small yeah. small edition. Cuz that uh, is yeah. such a good look. So but but you've held it and played with it. Is it yeah. is it as like I don't know, happy in person? <laughs> I mean it's 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 very accommodating. How about that? Like yeah. it it it's comfortable. Like a it's like a it's like a very very nice high-end Target potato peeler with like the really nice <laughs> handle, like an OXO. Is it OXO yeah. or OXO? Yeah, I have no idea. Let's say OXO. Not good. People, are, yeah. what, what, whichever one I tweet, someone will tweet right back, or which one I say, someone will tweet right back. <laughs> it's XOXO, like yeah. in Gossip Girl. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I love Gossip Girl. It's great. Do you want to do an hour on Gossip Girl? Let's talk right? Gossip Girl. <laughs> Thanks for coming, uh, Peter. It doesn't have a headphone jack, but that's really not worth talking about. We should probably just move on. We'll get there. Talk about the camera. I don't want to just like. Everyone knows it's coming, man. It's like a tightly coiled spring over here. <laughs> Camera. 
It has a 12 megapixel camera on the back, eight megapixel on the front. They have these things called dual pixels. So each pixel has got a couple of subpixels so it can read left and right. And Google is leaning way, way, way into HDR. Uh, every time you hit the shutter, it's taking somewhere on the order of 10 photos, just all the time. And then it algorithmically combines all those photos to do stuff. So we've seen them do HDR. I don't know if you remember, but last year we didn't trust HDR plus on the original pixel. And so we did our camera test turning it off. Yeah. And Google's like, no, you're dumb. Turn it on. You don't you don't understand. And we're like, oh, OK, sure. HDR sucks, but we'll try it. And like, oh, no, Google was right. It was really good. <laughs> um, so they're using all that stuff to do a bunch of camera tricks. So they're using machine learning to do portrait mode because they can detect faces, but also they can actually extract the data out of the two subpixels that are less than a micron apart to get a make a depth map. They are they they added OIS to the camera so that thing moves around, but they're able to leave it on in video. So the OIS module is moving around, but they can track it in real time. And you're shaking the camera because you're got a shaky hand. They can track that in real time. They can combine the data from both of those shakes into a really stable video. Um, and, and those things that know. you just listed sound like some of the best software chops that they're bringing to this. Yeah, they don't yeah. sound like AI to me. They sound they sound awesome. No. I guess it's machine learning. I, mean, I guess yeah. So here's it's funny. I actually asked Sundar. I asked Sundar about this. I was like, you know that like people everybody's confused because AI isn't precisely the same thing as machine learning, and there's also you know like deep learning and blah blah blah. What do you what are the what's the difference when Google says AI and what does it says machine learning? What does it mean? And his answer was nah. I don't care. <laughs> uh, it's fine to call it all AI. Uh, it just it just gets more people excited for it, and you know we need to hire people. So if everybody's excited about it, we'll be able to hire them. So it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa, he just doesn't care. Um, there was one more machine learning thing I wanted to point out with the camera, and it was oh uh, low light. So the pixels are a little bit smaller on the sensor, which is bad, but the lens is brighter, so that's good. Uh, but they have optical image stabilization. And what most cameras with optical image stabilization do in low light is they leave the shutter open for longer so that they can actually collect more light. Because you can, because you've got stabilization to uh, account for shake, right? Google just doesn't. Like, they could have left the, the shutter open for longer in low light. And they're like, nah, our algorithms are fine. We got this. And they just, like, keep it fast and just take a bunch of photos in low light and use HDR to fix it. Wow. Like, they are confident as hell in this thing. Well, they gave the camera to DxOMark early. So, like, the yeah. day the Pixel was released. And DxOMark had very cleverly been like, the iPhone 8's the best camera. And then, like, the next day, they're like, the Pixel's the best camera. There's a lot yeah. of conspiracy theories floating around about DxOMark and DisplayMate. Um, just yeah. that they, you can pay them for consulting services. Yeah. And so if you pay them, they might. They then might. they'll come and tell you how they test things. And, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Right. I mean, if, if you pay them to build a thing, it's like if you pay someone to teach you how to take the SAT and then they take the SAT for you. <laughs> or you pay someone to write the standardized test, you're like, how about you take this test? But this, this is the line I loved in your write-up, Dieter, that, that, like, that exudes this confidence. Uh, talking about the dual pixels that are um, less than yeah. a micron, micron apart. They're really close to each other, and it's really, really noisy, Chow says. But guess what? We have algorithms for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know. I think, that's, I, yeah. I think that's great. And again, like I'm saying, if you want to buy an Android phone with the best camera, there's a real chance – that the thing you're going to buy is a Google Pixel 2. If now, only there the was problem a, an is algorithm I, for a headphone jack. I'm just looking at this page right now. <laughs> I got the Pixel 2 XL, black and white. Yeah. You know, 
I don't care. 64, 128. I just want the phone. Seven to eight weeks. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You didn't or oh, that's right. You 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 didn't order right away because it's tradition you order on the Vergecast. Well, now and- it's tradition that I'm stymied every week that I want this phone. <laughs> I just just don't worry. They'll have plenty of the. Pixel I can get 3. the black one in three weeks, but who wants the black one? Nobody. That's I got the, the black one. It's not the one to get, and I think the blue one on Verizon is even worse. I just like you have to solve this problem. You made a great phone. It's we're, real bad. We're gonna talk about it forever. You just can't get it, and it's very annoying. You think maybe like that's that's the that's the thing that they've done on the back to like placate Samsung. Like, hey, we're making this thing, but don't worry, we'll never we'll always be out of stock. The S8 is fine. I mean, oh wait, the and the the blue little guy is just on Verizon. Yeah, and that's six to seven weeks. So all of the ones that you want, you either now you're locked into Verizon. The other way, I just don't. Yep, yeah, uh, the white. Clearly white, the five-inch Pixel Two, unlocked five to six weeks. Yeah, it's this is the one thing they needed to solve. If they had just yeah, been like, it's the didn't. new Pixel, it's the same as the old one, but you can buy it now. <laughs> that <laughs> it might have done better than a great phone you can't buy. Can can we talk about some some other interesting things before I, we get I, to the headphone I'm jack? Down. Always listening uh, for uh, for music for fake Shazam. Yeah. I will say, I was like, oh. What, what do you think about that? Well, first thought was only tens of thousands of songs, right? That's not enough songs. Yeah. But I, I pull out Shazam to detect weird songs. Mm-hmm. But I'm always too slow with Shazam. And even if I'm not too slow, Shazam doesn't get it. Yeah. So also, it can't be worse than the status quo of Shazam. If it's always on and it's like just, just it's tracking what's ambient, it's like it's, it's Despacito. That's what it is. It's always Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really need to know much. But there's multiple Despacito. versions of Despacito. <laughs> there's the one with Justin Bieber. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like, they actually, it's not actually 10,000 songs. It only recognizes Despacito. Despacito. But Despacito plays so often that they can fool you into thinking it's always active. Uh, uh, by the way, when I saw this, uh, when I saw this feature demoed, uh, the their sample song, was uh, look what you made me do? Of course it was the other and, song. And I was, I was like, why, why is it not displaying "I'm too sexy" on the screen? It's clearly <laughs> getting it wrong. Dead silence in the room from uh, the Google employees. Yeah, they they were not impressed. Uh, um, man. All right, do you want to talk about the thing? No, it's fine. Yeah. Let's talk about the thing. Do you want to save it to the end and talk about other products, or are you? Because we've got seven other things or six other things. Emotional turmoil over here, man. Here's the thing. We need 60 (laughs) minutes to talk about the headphone jack. Where do we put the 60 minutes? This episode of The Vergecast brought to you by Squarespace. Are you ready to start your new business? Make it stand out with Squarespace. they got beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website which would be great. If you want to put a headphone jack on your website, Squarespace can help you do it. Mm. Are you interested in propagating no, the open no, web? No coding necessary. Make a website with but Squarespace. It, but if you want to code, you can still code. Yeah. Squarespace lets you do both. You can showcase your work, your blog. You can publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. Donglesforever.com, built on Squarespace. In just a few <laughs> clicks, 
You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products. You can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. Not to mention, everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. And with over 200 extensions to choose from, Squarespace offers a new way to buy domains. Best of all, there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support to help. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. That's a good one. That's their best one yet. Man. That's a really solid line right there. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code VERGE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code VERGE. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. That is a throwback to a simpler time. Oh, you know what does have, have a website now? Yeah. It's not just a dream. What's that? Uh, wait. What was it <laughs> Paul made a website today. He forgot its own domain. Intentionalsqueeze.com. <laughs> is that yours? Yeah. You just made it up. Yeah. Google said that you can't accidentally squeeze the pixel yeah. too. It requires a, an intentional <laughs> squeeze. <laughs> What, what are you going to do yeah. with this website, Paul? I, I, uh, it forwards to the, um, just like click to feel and uh, swipe to go home. Yeah. Forwards to the Verge newsletter. I like it. We got we to gotta make your pod website. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It's a promise you've made me. <laughs> I know. And this audience. All right. You want to talk about this thing? Okay. It's a symbol. Mm-hmm. So we used to have open interconnects, standards, if you will. And now we are rapidly headed into a world in which listening to things requires multiple computers to talk to each other, and those computers are all part of ecosystem lock-in. Mm-hmm. So Google did the same thing Apple did. They did it in a more googly way. So basically we're talking about the Pixel Buds. It's a whole combo yeah. platter. Dieter, you want to tell us what the Pixel Buds are? Uh, Pixel Buds are neck buds made by Google. They sit outside your ear. They fit in your ear with a clever little cloth loop doohickey that like slides through the headphone um they have a touch sensitive the whole body of each headphone is capacitive uh so in theory it could do in-ear detection but they haven't figured out how to do it yet you control it by swiping on the left or the right earbud or tapping it or holding it down to talk to the assistant it has some advanced features it can fast pair with Android phones, as soon as you like open up the little case, a little notification drops down on the Android phone that shows the headphones, their ID, a little picture of them, and their current battery level. And you just tap pair these, and they pair. Uh, they also, when you hold your finger down on the, the side of the right earbud, it will automatically start recording your voice right away and then start sending it as soon as it gets you know a secure connection, Bluetooth connection to the phone. So you can tap your right earbud and say, what's the weather? How do I get home or whatever without having to say, okay, Google. And the, the latency of like getting a response from the assistant is much smaller because you're not waiting for any like confirmation beeps or anything. Those are the neck buds. Yeah. And the yeah. translate feature is exclusive to the Pixel. Did they give an excuse? Yes. I asked, they told me. They're, it's not an excuse. I think it's, it's probably a real thing. So the way the translate feature works is I hold the phone out to you. You're speaking French. Absolutely. Sure you are. I talk into the headset. The phone spits out French at you. Mm-hmm. You speak French into the phone. It spits out English into my Pixel Buds. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we had to do custom audio routing to light up all of the headphones and speakers and not have them be confused. 
Yeah, and it works with fine. specifically with the Google Translate app, not the Google Assistant. So it also needs to be able to route all that information to the Google Translate app, not just randomly to the phone. Right. right. So there, there yes, there's a, a level of integration there. Hardware, software, services, oh, it's a whole thing. Okay. Um, but I think this is just going to be a pattern. And this is why I'm all freaking out. So the pattern is a company takes the headphone jack off the phone. And they're like, we know you're going to be mad about this. Here's a set of wireless headphones. Great. That's what Apple did with the AirPods. But because Bluetooth is a little shaky, they're building – somebody tweeted at me, um, embrace and extend. They're building the, these – that's what Microsoft used to do to web standards. Uh-huh. They're building custom control layers on top of Bluetooth. And because it's their, their own products, they're like, well, we now we own the whole stack. We can do cool new features, which is great. But what's happening is the big open interconnect, which was the headphone jack, is gone. You've got a shaky open standard interconnect in regular Bluetooth. And then you've got like the walled garden of the first party product that's better than the Bluetooth product. Right. And this is like a, a right. big deal because so... I'll just I'll I'll use Apple as an example, but I think Google's doing it too. But we've had a year now with Apple W1 products. So you can get AirPods, you can get Beats X, you can get Beats Solo. I think they just put another one. There's four choices of first-party headphones that work great with an iPhone. Right. And then there's like the second class of Bluetooth Tra- headphones. Traditional Bluetooth. So I have Bose QC35s. I think, Dieter, you've got QC35s too. They're great. I do, yep. Every now and again, they just don't work right. Just as a point of clarification, Bluetooth 5 won't do this fancy pairing stuff that Apple and Google are doing right now? It doesn't appear so, right? So Bluetooth 5 is the open one. So yeah, so then on Android, Google owns the stack. Right. So a company, and Vlad told me that he's already gotten pitches from other companies, they're saying, hey, we're headphone makers. We now support Google's fast pairing. So Google is Google. They've made some special affordances in Android to make Bluetooth better, but they're custom. The headphone maker has to go and like support them, and that doesn't mean you get fast pairing on the iPhone. They're just regular old Bluetooth headphones on the iPhone. So now, I think, Dieter, you said this to me yesterday, Bluetooth is fragmenting, right? The thing, you're going to buy expensive headphones for one device, and they're going to work great with that device in that ecosystem, and the second you take them somewhere else, you're you're going to fall back to regular old Bluetooth, which, again, I know people are going to tell me it's great and it works fine, is rife with problems. A thing that's happening in Bluetooth 5 is the chip makers are doing something along the lines of what Apple's doing with W1. They're putting basically a microprocessor next to the wireless chip and doing some more aggressive control mm-hmm. and quality of service stuff. So maybe it'll be better. Turns out, though, three phones out with Bluetooth 5, like mainstream phones? No products. No Bluetooth 5 products. So you're mm-hmm. months and months away from that. And that's like fundamentally my problem is we've gone from a world where you could the, there's a huge market of headphones. And you could you as a consumer could prioritize whatever you wanted right. and get fundamentally like the, a similar experience across everything that you own. I want flashy ones. I want little ones. I want in-ear ones. I want giant ones with cat ears like Megan Frokmanesh has, like my favorite that I've seen in our office. Now it's like you're going to buy the first-party headphones that are guaranteed to work the best with your phone. And all the other stuff is going to fade into like the second class of the market. And then on top of it, you're going to go buy a smart speaker that runs an operating system in an OS and is tied to a service layer. Sure. And your Amazon Alexa 
you can't say, Alexa, play this song on Apple Music because Amazon and Apple don't have a deal. And when you buy the new Sonos system, and Sonos in the app supports Apple Music, but you want to use Alexa, which is the voice assistant supports now, now you're locked out because Sonos is just a skill in Alexa. And Amazon actually controls the music layer inside of Sonos. And they say Spotify is coming soon, but it's not here yet. So we've gone from a world of relatively open choice for consumers across their entire audio ecosystem to this move where we're killing the one guaranteed open interconnect that enabled the big Which market. Just the, the aux. The aux. Yeah. Just very simple. Everybody understands the it. It's almost everywhere plug. in the world. To vendor lock-in, ecosystem lock-in. And if you have ever listened to the show, you know that nothing irritates us more than ecosystem lock-in. So, so I, I have a, a, a kind of a pet theory about walled gardens. Yeah, and and it almost seems like it's be, so. You, so let's forget about the physical headphone jack, right? Yeah, it's just a symbol. Let's just that's just a symbol. It's just a symbol. Um, and I will say it's been very disappointing. One, it's really annoying that Apple doesn't move to USB-C because I think if Apple moved to USB-C for a plug, we could at least get a standard headphone jack of, of USB-C. Sure. That would be theoretical because right now, like, but uh, even a, a, USB-C, USB-C. a USB-C phone comes out of like which headphone Yeah, is it the weird HTC riff? No, and nobody knows. Is so it the, the standard hopefully riff? Hopefully that gets resolved pretty soon. So let's say, By the way, if, as long as we're talking about standards, I just there's another example here, which is moving pictures. Uh, yeah. Google has motion photos. Apple has live photos. They oh, have yeah. different file formats. And uh, nobody supports either one really out in the world. And uh, that's Great. a whole other thing. Anyway, continue. So, standards. So I have a... I have a theory the internet's you, most exuberant standards podcast <laughs> so so let's you just g- rename g- the vergecast to ie <laughs> oh go ahead paul i triple e i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right please go ahead if you g- get rid of all these physical plugs you had uh, basically a, a, a situation where bluetooth headphones existed they worked but they were not great yeah apple came out with it extremely proprietary solution yeah. that is only supported by the AirPods and then by its Beats sub-brand, but with innovation. So like I, the way I visualize it is like you create a walled garden. Mm-hmm. It's like a nursery ah, yeah. where you, where you mm-hmm. nurture new ideas and new technologies mm-hmm. um, before instead of starting – like showing up and knocking on the door of a standards body and saying we should get a new you just create a kind of a proof of concept yeah. now you have google doing it but it's not it, it and it's it's exclusive to android but it doesn't seem like it'll be it's not going to be completely exclusive to google or some sub brand of google headphones cuz they don't have that but so they've got one they'll have one headphone they got the one. Yeah. and then yeah. possibly Third-party manufacturers won't do as good of a job as Google, or Google won't certify them very well. We'll have to see. But you still have – remember, we started at Bluetooth. Not great. Yeah. We had Apple W1. Great, but very limited. Now you have Google maybe maybe a little watered down, <laughs> but more accessible. I see it trending towards we could end up with maybe a take until Bluetooth 6.0. But like oh one standard. Don't please you know? don't please don't say Bluetooth 6.0. Oh, 
That's I'm a, just, like, I'm it's just like saying, ten years away like, from now. Like I, I don't. What would be the, the alternative? Like you could have Google, Apple could have shown up and said, "Here are the open specs for W1. If you adhere to this, you're good. You don't even have to pay us a licensing fee because we want tons of these out there." Right. So, I think W1. This is going to be very nerdy. W1 is very confusing to people. I think it's somewhat intentionally mysterious, but it's yep. a chip in the headphones and a software driver in iOS. That's all that's going on there. If you're Bose, I don't know if anybody can compete with Apple and chips, but maybe there's a Bluetooth chip vendor out there that's like, we got a chip that's better than W1. You can buy that chip, but without the associated software support in iOS, you're just hosed, right? So Apple yeah. could say, here's how to talk to the software stack in iOS with whatever chip you want. They do it all the time because they support, say, Wi-Fi. They support regular Bluetooth. Like, that's a thing that they know how to do. Here's how to talk to the software on this phone through a wireless protocol. They're not going to do that. Apple wants you to buy AirPods. Barring that, they want you to buy some Beats. Great. And it's Apple's prerogative. I don't, like, I fully support them in that. Google, like I said, they're, they're Google. They're a little bit more open. Are they going to take the Android fast pair code and send it to the Bluetooth standards body? And then the Bluetooth is going to make it part of Bluetooth 5.1? EDR plus, who knows, right? But all of that work has to happen. And in the meantime, it's not just headphones. It's like the entire ecosystem speakers, of yeah. things that you listen to, like speakers. So you're going to, you just end up in this world where you've bought the AirPods because they work right now. You're not buying stuff based on the promise of a forthcoming Bluetooth standard. And that further locks you into the Apple ecosystem. Because well, now, if also, you, take, just if you want to clear, switch phones, your expensive headphones are going to work less well. Yeah, just to be clear, the the incentive, like Paul, for your dream, I, I want to believe in your dream that you you make a walled garden so that you can nurture the beautiful flower because out in the rough winds of the desert of standards bodies, <laughs> it would just get destroyed. <laughs> the right. way um, we talk about standards bodies the, makes them sound so exciting. Dieter's <laughs> on the money with how he described my beautiful vision. Under under the 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 baking hot sun of the committee meeting. It would just wither and die. It's, like, um, it's definitely a conference room that only has water and not even soda. Like, that's a standard <laughs> Think about it. How do you guys visualize uh, the but, walled garden? I, I view it as like an isometric like <laughs> like gardening game. With like nice 8-bit graphics. We got to make a game called The Walled Garden. Surrounded by hedges. If oh, you're man. a game developer, you're a little bit bored, and you want to make a game with us called Walled Garden, yeah. email us. Yeah. You can figure it out. Yeah. Okay, so Dieter. Um, so contrary so, to that so vision. That, like, Contrary to that vision, there is no incentive for once the flower is hardy and thriving <laughs> in the walled garden to let anybody else plant it. Like Apple and and Google, their incentive is to become the Monsanto of ideas, mm. where the seeds they control the seeds, right. and in order to buy in, you've got to buy the seeds from them. But they, right? but and they so don't do that everywhere. The, this idea that they're gonna, like, they'll they'll create a little bit of a standard and then they'll just give it away. Like, I want to believe that. But if the standard become their their proprietary thing becomes successful, there's no incentive for them to to give it away. Now, Google is slightly better at this, and Apple has done this with uh, web stuff with WebKit in for particular. Sure. But I think that. Because phones are getting more expensive, people are paying more attention to their margins. It's very clear that every single one of these companies knows that they can't just sell the phone. They got to sell other stuff around the phone. And that's just the trend. 
And so why would you give that money of selling the stuff around the phone away? Apple, it used to be, they didn't, I mean, they would have liked to, but they were just too busy trying to make enough of the damn phones um, and focus on making the phones better that they weren't thinking that deeply about about the rest of the accessory market, right? I mean, look at the very first Bluetooth headset for the iPhone. It was not good. Um, it was beautiful. And their cases were meh. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so all these companies are incentivized to create other things you can buy for the phone uh, that make that phone better. Uh, that And they're incentivized because you're going to want to buy the next phone in two to four years well, you should buy the one that works with the other stuff that you bought, right? Yeah. Like, and that's the concern. Also, all of these companies, and this is where the nightmare comes in, mm. the nightmare. All of these companies are doing voice assistants. So they want yeah. to be in control of the primary interface of the voice assistant in mobile, which is having headphones in your ears and speakers they control and blah, 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 blah. So, of yeah, course, like, they're going to do it. To be, so like, the nightmare, the, I just want to point out, the nightmare the is... Samsung's going to open the door to the garden and be like, we've been working on this for a long time, and the monster known as Bixby Headphones is coming for you. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to do it. I have it. to go into their garden yeah. to meet Bixby, Bixby Headphones. Right, you have to <laughs> clamber through the tall weeds of Samsung's water drop effects. Or at least press hard on a button on the side. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, uh, you have to intentionally squeeze no, the Bixby like, button. Uh, but you know what they're that, gonna do? It. The, the that, S9 that is gonna come out. It's not gonna have a headphone jack, and they're gonna be like that Sonos Alexa thing that you probably describe, where like it works with this, but not Spotify yet, not Apple Music, and yeah. like you got to figure out what the commands are and all that stuff. Um, that that problem scenario, there is a solution to that scenario, which is. Just use all Amazon stuff, Amazon Music, Amazon Alexa, Amazon Speakers. There's a solution to that. Just use all Google stuff, Google Assistant, YouTube Music, Google Home Speakers, and you're done. Like the, the, the problem of like how do these things talk to each other is getting solved first by just, just buy all the stuff from one company and they'll figure it out for you. And only as an afterthought, interconnecting. Um, again, I think Google deserves credit for trying to do a little bit of work here. So their assistant can't do as uh, many skills as Alexa, but that's because they're trying to make them like work with more natural voice stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Alexa's actually catching up in that department. Um, and so we'll see. But the, the ecosystem lock in uh, is real. We, uh, I mean, I think the internet bundle, the whole, it's, it, ah, bah. Ah, I got him. The, I got him. I killed Dieter, everybody. <laughs> What's the internet bundle? It's when we, the we, internet bundle is that when you want to use an intelligent assistant, it answers, it does a thing for you. But that thing it does for you is dictated by a deal, a backroom deal between two companies, not by like a neutral search platform oh. that gives you the best possible thing. And this literally just happened with Google yanking YouTube off of the Echo Show speaker because they didn't have the right backend deal. And so now if you want to watch a video on your Amazon speaker, you don't get what you want to get because there's not a backroom deal. If right. you go to it on your goddamn laptop, you just go to DuckDuckGo or Google or Bing or whatever, and it finds the thing for you because there's no need for a deal. I got him. You didn't think I could get him, Seriously? but I got him today. I'm with sorry. headphone jacks. Uh, we went from headphone jacks to Dieter lamenting the open web in like, it took 25 minutes, but I got there. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm going to build a goddamn statue of a headphone jack. 
it's, and I'm going it's to, just a symbol. It's just a, it's symbol, just a symbol for choice and openness. And I, I just don't, maybe this is just me. I just don't want to buy all Apple shit or all Google shit or all Samsung shit. I want to buy the best thing and I want the best thing to be driven by like pretty vibrant competition in a market where lots of people are buying lots of things. And instead what's happening is there are four choices of headphones that work great with the iPhone. There's one choice of headphone right now that's guaranteed to work great with the new Pixel. And it's just, that's not great. I don't want my Let headphone tell you choice story. to be determined by what phone operating system I run. I think that is Let me stupid. tell you a story. It is, I mean, let's, actually, this should be a realistic story, not, a, not, a, not an impossible story. So the Pixel XL, black and white, has come in stock. It is what? March oh. 2018. <laughs> I got all excited for one And Neli is on... The Verge cast, and he sees magically. Oh my gosh, this thing is in stock! And he hovers his mouse pointer over the buy button, and then he gets a text message, and it's a blue bubble, and it reminds him that if he buys that Pixel, he's going to have to deal with the pain of dropping iMessage, and then we will have the entire Verge cast derailed, and we will have literally the same conversation we just had for the past half an hour. Yeah. All over again. It's definitely March 2018. It's definitely put it on your calendar. I'll, I'll be there. So I, I, <laughs> I wrote I wrote something that's going up tomorrow morning that kind of you know that touches on that. I, I was really struck by this event. I felt like Google was try is trying really hard in a especially Apple or Google's trying really hard in a way that like lines up with my interests. Like I like neck buds better than true wireless headphones. So it's like well I'm glad Google's making. Neckbuds. I like the look of these phones. I just liked a lot of little things that Google was doing. I like that their phone is $50 cheaper because Apple did not need $50 more from me for a boring phone that they just released. Like they should be sorry. They should yeah. <laughs> they should put $50 off. We're sorry this is an eight and that you're going to look poor compared to the iPhone 10 people. You yeah. know? So well, you got that glass back. You like squeezing Go- things. Yeah, Google put the be- the best the the same camera in the big phone and the small phone. Yeah, and as a small phone person, that like lines up with my interests. So, and so as a person who I I have traditionally sort of been fine with like this is how the world works. Apple wants me to be just all in their ecosystem all day long. So I will model my life around that as much as makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I'll still use Google Docs. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I can use pages, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll be fine with that. And what Google presented to, to me was a, a fairly holistic picture of what if you what if you switch teams, Paul? Yeah. What if you what if you, what came if you just came all the way in? Yeah. So the piece ends with you know, green text, blue text, but uh, my line, which I think is very poignant, is that if I if I leave Apple, go to Google, I won't be leaving iMessage. The platform that runs iMessage left me. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I know. It's it's real good. This episode of The Vergecast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you in need of great talent for your business but short on time? You have time to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find a perfect hire. You just need the right tools. Smarter tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then, ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. 
There's no wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, VergeCast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. One more time, try for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. By the way, I just want to remind everybody that you can go to store.theverge.com. You can enter the promo code. Promo code. Does that still work? Anytime you want. Pixelbook. Dietrich. Yeah. So it's a thousand dollar Chromebook, less than the rumors. Here's my so it's a now you know everything. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has it really is beautiful. Big silly bezels around the screen. Yeah, they claim the the line on the bezels is it's easier to hold in tablet mode. It's like, of course that's your line on the bezels. Uh the other line on the bezels is if they had gone with smaller bezels, it might have added thickness to the laptop because they would have had to put the drivers for the screen somewhere. Um, also a line, I don't believe, because I've seen Dell's laptops. And I know that they could... They I've could also seen them. the iPad Pro 10.5, yeah, which is yeah. like a beautiful piece of hardware. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the bezels are too big. Um, but the... The keyboard is the best take on a thin keyboard I have ever put my fingers on. It's 0.08, no, it's 0.8 millimeters of travel, which is like twice what a MacBook is, but it feels like not as clacky. It feels more like a traditional keyboard. It's way better than the the Surface Pro keyboard attachment thing, Bob. Uh, it's way better than the MacBook. It's a very, very good keyboard, I think. Like I typed on it for, you know, off and on for a couple hours over the course of a couple of days. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's been a lot of like, why would you buy a $1,000 Chromebook? You had in your piece, you know, Google sells a lot of Chromebooks to education. Those kids are growing up. They're going to college. They're happy with the Chromebook. They're just going to buy this one because it's the nice one. I think that's an interesting read on it. My read, though, is, and that's kind of Google's messaging. My read on it right. is, this is the shot at the iPad Pro, right? It's... yeah. It runs mobile apps. We Dieter has had horrific experiences running Android apps on Chromebooks, so we'll see how well it does. But they were like, Android app developers are customizing their apps for this device. They showed off Snapchat running as an Android app on this thing. Casey lost his mind. He's like, it's a Snaptop. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how I read <laughs> that line Casey, in live blog. That's how Casey talked. <laughs> uh, he tweeted, I want to spend the rest of my life writing about how Snapchat saved itself by pivoting to laptops. <laughs> Which is incredible. Um, but, you know, they're, they're obviously doing the work with the Android developers. So we'll see if it's better. But if it is, it's a huge hypothetical if, now you've got a device that runs mobile apps but also has a desktop class browser and a keyboard. And that is the iPad. That's the one thing the iPad Pro is missing in my mind. Do you the even need browser. to go after the iPad Pro? <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I love the iPad Pro. I think it's a really great niche product. I just don't think it's... But it's Apple's vision of the future of computing, right? So if, if well, your bet... Keep looking. Is, <laughs> if your bet is that people are going to abandon the traditional complexity of the desktop operating system and the laptop, right. and they're going to go towards these more mobile things that they're more familiar with that are a little more sandboxed and controlled, well, definitely the one thing that the iPad doesn't have is the ability to do Google Docs great or the ability to go 
anywhere on the web and get the or full you, desktop experience. Use a mouse, yeah. or yeah, or use a mouse. Yeah. Um, so I just it, to me the comparison is not why would you buy a thousand dollar Chromebook. It's why would you buy this iPad Pro when you can get uh, it again? The huge hypothetical right. here is how well these Android apps do, but you can get basically the the most interesting Android tablet thing that has ever existed. I don't, I don't know. Like I just, it, the Android part is uh, irrelevant to me. I've I've been using a Windows laptop primarily for a couple of weeks, and I use it like a Chromebook. Yeah, but, you know, partly, and, and I also edit. In Adobe Premiere, something I couldn't do very well on my Mac laptop. Yeah, um, and I definitely couldn't do on a Chromebook. Um, and I also played a lot of Steam games, I guess. <laughs> so this is a terrible example. <laughs> Please, just, just like, just I used the shit out of Windows. <laughs> I edited the registry. Like, <laughs> I switched games to Edge. Is a really good example. Like, I I'm sure that, that Google did a bunch of work to make games work better. This this Chromebook has got I think the base model has got like eight gigs of RAM, which yeah. is just a stupid amount of RAM for running Android apps. This is why it has so much storage, so that you can put a bunch of movies and games on it. Um, I think it's safe to assume that Android apps are going to be kind of meh. And when you compare it to especially an iPad, it's stuff like games where you are not going to get the value out of a Chromebook or out of a pixel book that you would get out of an iPad. Like the iPad is going to have better apps. It's going to have better games. It's probably going to have better photo and video editing software uh, for the very near and medium and far foreseeable future. Um, I know that Adobe is promising to like make their premiere or not premiere, make their creative suite apps really great on Android to run really well in the pixel book. I just don't believe that they're ever going to feel it like anything other than like third class citizens compared to what they could do, what you could do on windows or a Mac with them. I just specced out the top end pixel book, which has an I seven, 16 gigs of Ram, uh, <laughs> and a 512 gigabyte SSD. I, yeah. I suspect that's supposed to cost me like $1,600, but they won't even show yeah. me the price. And it just says join wait list. And there's a checkbox here that says, Whoa. send me Google store special offers. It, it, wow! What are you doing? All right, let's see if they I can... must not have the top one available. There's no way they sold out of it. Maybe it's just not available yet. Yeah, I mean, do I need an i7 in my Chromebook? No. No. I just the mid-range one is an i four to five I weeks. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> it's just so hard. To. Okay, what what about they... the pin? I actually thought like I'm not huge on Google Assistant or really any of these assistants yeah. yet, but. Uh, like the, I kind of like what they're doing with the pin. I feel like you probably could figure out how to do that with a mouse interface, but you know, highlighting stuff and then having the Google Assistant find stuff for you quickly, it's pretty cool. I do so many go- reverse Google image searches. I mean, to, the idea that you'd spend a hundred bucks on a pen to do, uh, like, to like circle a thing on a screen so you could search for it, don't do that. It's just, just don't do that. That's crazy time. Uh, they should have made some kind of feature where you could do it. Uh, yourself with like your finger maybe there'll be a button for there somewhere um it's a wacom pen it's got angle sensitivity of something and it's got pressure sensitivity of something um it doesn't need to be paired because it's just a wacom pen um the thing that they claim is that it has 10 milliseconds of latency which really because i think the ipad pro is 20 milliseconds of latency is that right yeah i um there's no way they did that but you also like what are you gonna use it? It's like 
the A11 Bionic is so fast. Like, where's yeah. Adobe Premiere for the iPhone, right? Like, what are you going to use it for? Like, at, Google needs to get Android apps that need that the style of performance. Right. I mean, uh, James well, Barron, our creator, is super it. excited about it because he loves his yeah. He loves his Chromebook Pixel, and he's like, maybe there'll be some apps where you can like do some photo stuff on it. But you, yeah, maybe uh, there'll be Lightroom, sorta. Yeah. Right. Um, you can draw. You can. It'll do handwriting recognition. Uh, I tried that. That actually worked really well. Like you can open up the software keyboard and switch to handwriting and just do that. Um, that actually worked remarkably well. Um, but like having low latency is there for drawing. That's why low latency really truly matters. And I just, I'm sorry. I do not believe that there that Android multimedia apps are anywhere near the quality of iOS multimedia apps. Yeah. I just don't see it. And that's a big problem for selling this pen. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't think the pen is the point. I think the pen is there, again, because it's the one-to-one with the iPad Pro. So if you're yeah. going to make that comparison, you're like, oh, it has a pen too. Mm. But really, it. I use this MacBook Pro. It's funny because I Excel open right now. So it's a bad comparison. But I mostly use this thing. Uh, like a Chromebook, I run yeah, Chrome especially on, on. especially if you're going after students, like 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 you were saying in in your piece, Dieter. Like, you've got a really good web browser, and uh, which you use Google Docs and basically do everything in, and then you also can watch Netflix on it. And like like I would love if the commercials for this show in tablet mode or like those like that tent configuration or whatever you know, and you're just watching Netflix. Cause like, can I just say I hate that I, when they they're like it's a four in one. You can yeah. use it like a tent. You can use it in a cinematic. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, no, blah, but, blah, blah, blah. but it's no, <laughs> but it's nobody does that shit. It's better than Stop the it. Microsoft it's two in one. The Microsoft commercials where like I'm a strapping young professional and you like like seamlessly transitioning like yeah. like 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 a kung fu person from like. St- situation to situation and now I have to remodel my house and, and now I have to you know like no like people surf the internet and they watch Netflix on their laptops yeah when Microsoft finally buckles and makes a Surface laptop that has a 360 hinge because uh, they're going to do it um, they're going to call it a 5-in-1 because you can set it on its side with it halfway <laughs> up and, and like do portraits <laughs> I feel like tent mode is underappreciated yeah I'm like watching a thing no. Yeah, how, how? When's the last time you used tent mode? Like uh, my laptop can't tent I mode. I used it in Niagara <laughs> Falls. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I totally have a girlfriend, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't met her yet. Um, <laughs> right. Should we talk about the speakers? We should talk about the speakers. Although I feel like we've said the important yeah. things about. The standards of the speakers. We should talk about the speakers. We should also talk about Sonos because they had an event on the same day. They're getting somewhat yeah, yeah. under underplayed in all the Google hype. But a lot of speaker news yesterday. Google Home Mini is a small Google Home. The end. It's fifty bucks. Yeah. The end. Uh, Google Home Max is um, an iPod Hi-Fi, but you can't plug an iPod into it. Uh, it does the <laughs> auto thing. So I, I told the story in the in the piece, but like they they picked up the the big ass speaker. And stuck it in the corner, and the bass went from normal to like, <laughs> so like like the like the voice of the devil when you play the the record backwards, um, and then uh, like ten seconds it just stopped being weird and sounded normal again. Yeah. So that was impressive. Um, you know, 
uh, we'll review it. Uh, we'll play it really loud and be like, this is really loud. It sounds good. Um, but I don't know if Google can truly, truly make the case that you should center your like audio life around this thing. It's like, if you want a really cool, nice speaker and you're a Google person, um, this is a cool, nice speaker, stick it in your den because you have a den if you're the kind of person that's going to spend 400 bucks on this thing, yeah. right? I, I had a little um, bit of hi- otherwise, I don't know. hi-fi on the brain because all the talking to Neilai so many times. Because <laughs> 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 like, I have like, I have, um, I love my bookshelf speakers, but they're kind of yeah. like, they're kind of getting old and they're like, there's some noise in the amp and stuff like that. So I would like new bookshelf speakers. These are a little expensive for that. But it'd be really cool if, like, they tried to do like a sound bar because, like, a lot of home theater audio stuff it, I find inferior for music. It's designed for playing um, movies. So this, you know, it was appealing so, to me. Like, this is going, you know, be kind of in a music mode or in a spoken voice mode. So I said, so look, I, I need to be. I was talking to the engineers. I'm like, I need just, just to just. I, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but just, just confirm for me that this is not meant to be used as a sound bar trying to get sound you know from your tv synced up to this thing would be a huge hassle nobody's going to stick a receiver up to it and they're like yeah no we don't we don't mean to use it as sound bars great thank you um you're not like i i just imagine how hard it would be to like if you're you know streaming a movie on tv sometimes the audio gets out of sync when you've got a wire running if you were to try and handle that wirelessly you know like with a chromecast or something that would be that would be insane there's no way anybody could pull that off and i kid you not it was about 30 seconds of silence while like four engineers stared at each other and had smirks on their faces (laughs) it's like oh wait maybe you are working on that yeah they have to be like that would make a lot of sense that'd be helpful yeah right and you could if if you if you're in the ecosystem and you have a Chromecast, yeah. uh-huh. uh, yeah. it's very easy for the Chromecast to sync the audio and video because it will be able to do the the round trip time to the speaker, right. and I can delay the video. Yeah. Well, but but and that's kind of just along that. Like I can um, I can visualize a Google soundbar. Yeah. And how and and this sort of pra- pragmatic theme that I think Dieter very accurately you know ascribed to most of these announcements. Like it makes sense that like that Google would introduce something that made it easier to have okay to great sound, not the best sound, but you can improve your movie watching experience. Well, I'll tell you this. I have had my finger on the buy button of the new Sonos speaker uh, since it was announced yesterday, literally a half dozen times because it's the dream. It's a good Sonos speaker. It's got the whole Sonos system. It it's plays nice with multiple music services. I know it's going to be relatively future proof. I trust them as a company to not try and lock me into anything, but I haven't clicked buy because I do not yet believe that that dream of I'm going to be able to use any voice assistant I want on it and it's going to work as well as a first party system could possibly be true. So Dan was pointing this out yesterday. There's a lot of Alexa devices that are part of the sort of like works with Alexa thing. So you can like buy a Raspberry Pi yeah. and install Alexa voice services on it. Um, and he's like, none of them as yet have been as good as the Echo Dot. So I think the last one he reviewed was the Ecobee 4 thermostat, which has Alexa in it, which seems very clever. Like it's right on the wall, just stick it there, it's all collapsed. Um, and he's like, it's just not as good. It, it can't do a bunch of the stuff the first party Alexa devices can do. So I, I think Sonos has a, much deeper partnership with Amazon 
They've had to do a lot of work to make this go. So maybe it's all going to be fine. Um, but that's like a, it's a big open question for yeah. me. So here's my open question. Yeah. The the new Sonos is also going to work with AirPlay 2. So I have two questions. One, I still don't know what the hell AirPlay 2 is. <laughs> I, I have a minor and two, answer. I have a minor answer to that question. Yeah. Two. Okay. I, okay, good. I want you to yeah. give it to me. Two, why is Apple making just the one big, crazy HomePod speaker and not just saying, oh, yeah, sure, here's Siri and a speaker. Done. They would sell a kajillion of them. Yeah. So I the second question is more important. AirPlay 2... It's a minor answer. As near as I can tell, it's a slightly more robust AirPlay that enables multi-room speakers. That's it. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think they've AirPlay changed really should deep have about been, it, um, which is they should have called it like Siri Play or AirPlay Two. And Air, what AirPlay Two means is that it comes with Siri. Yeah, exactly. The HomePod thing is really interesting, right? Because Amazon had its event last week. They put out like nine hundred things, every shape and size of Alexa that you want is now available to you at every price point from like $35 if you're a Prime member on the third Tuesday of the month to like the most expensive Echo Show, which is like $279. You can just see that that's the price range people want. Like you can make the argument Amazon doesn't quite know what the sweet spot is, or you can make the argument that Amazon is doing what Apple used to do with the iPod, which is like price them at every 50 bucks. Google's putting out the range because some people want the big speaker, some people want the medium one, some people just want it to talk to a thing and get answers back. And Apple's is just like one giant monster that's as expensive as anything. Um, It might sound good. It does the same sort of, or supposedly does the same sort of real-time audio correction as the Google Home Max. But man, just in terms of sheer amount of choices, getting into that assistant smart speaker interface world Amazon and Google are just sitting there with like super cheap products. Like, well, come on in. You want to turn on your lights yeah. their voice? Try this cloth covered puck. Yeah. Whereas Apple's like, set up HomeKit on your phone. You may or may not kill yourself when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> None of it's great, but that's just my. Yeah, I, I, I is, that, is it is it just a function that Siri? They just they know they're not going to get Siri caught up to Alexa and the Google Assistant, and they don't want to look bad. Apple should put out a fifty dollar puck. It's clear that that is where the action in this market is. They let people talk yep. to Siri on all sorts of phones. I, th- I this this goes along with you can talk to Siri on your goddamn watch. Yeah. Like why not just just put put the, take your watch the whole thing and just stick a stick it on a speaker instead of on a wrist and call it a day. That's all you have to. What do. What are you gonna do with all those leftover Series One watches? This goes along with my <laughs> sensation that Apple just is not in sync with me anymore. Like that they would, you know, that they, they are not even trying to discover where I am at or what I'm interested in. Yeah. What you're interested in is notches, my friend. I love, I mean, I do love a good notch. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's like but I'm not going to pay almost $999 for a notch. You're going to buy an eight? I might get a pixel too. I don't know. Green bubbles. I got to read this piece tomorrow. Green bubbles. Okay. Last one, Dieter. Clips. Yeah. The most complicated Clip. one. We're oh saving my God. I mean, we could talk about. Do you want to say one thing about about Daydream View before we go to clips? You one sentence. Uh, I I have nothing to say about Daydream View. Here's mine. VR is dead. (laughs) Let's talk talk about clips. (laughs) Nothing makes me happier Uh, than knowing Facebook went all in on VR and it's going to (laughs) fail. Just like that's right, Zuck. You bet wrong. 
All right. Disclosure, Press. my wife works for Oculus VR division. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell how biased your laughter was. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, disclosure, <laughs> if Eli's prediction comes true, I have to quit the Verge and go live in the country because I won't be able to afford rent. Well, it's fine. You'll, you'll be able to buy any sneakers you want out there. <laughs> Clips. Clips. <laughs> uh, I think Clips is the most polarizing product that they announced. Absolutely. Because uh, half the people are like, this is like Dan Seifert is like, this is this is garbage. This is creepy and lame. And what are they doing? And Ben Popper is like, this is amazing. I want this right now. I want this so badly. Um, it's also polarizing in terms of like who how quickly you get it. So for me, I'm like thinking about like the future of photography and moving images and how does it work? And so a camera that uses AI to take little motion clips, I like, I went all the way into the weeds right away of like, how does it work? And what do the clips do? And how, is, how are they encrypted? And does it use Wi-Fi direct? Like all this stuff. And Neelai, uh, I said, it's a tiny little camera, but instead of you hitting the shutter button, it just sits there and AI looks for interesting things. He's like, oh, that's great. I was like, I think it costs too much. He's like, no, it's perfect. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. The parents who get it are going to get it instantly. Was it two ninety nine? Yeah, it's two two fifty two forty nine. Two forty nine. I don't know. It just seems very clever. It's a very Google thing to do. Uh, Intel put out a press release last night. It does all the AI locally. Um, Intel put out a press release last, last night. It's an Intel chip in there. They bought an AI chip company a while ago. It's like their first big use of that chip. They're very proud of it. A visual processing unit, I think they're calling it. It's one of those great terms. Uh, VPUs, that's what you want. And, and Intel's trying to inject itself into the neural network land, which is dominated by GPUs and then like chips yeah. that Google has made itself by like creating its own like intermediate language. Yeah. They're like trying to be like this arbitrator of this industry that they did not found. <laughs> but like good for them being involved. Uh, what's what's really fascinating about the clips thing is I I said this is a new kind of camera. We haven't seen Movidius a camera trying to do this. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. We haven't seen a, a company try to make a camera that's like does this specific thing before. Mm. And I have been getting people emailing me shitty Kickstarters ever since uh, the posts went up. Like, no, no, it's like this life logging camera. No, it's not. It's not a wearable camera. It and That thing just takes pictures. It's like this other camera that has like a sticker on the back and you can stick it on the wall. No, it's not. It's like a security cam because the yeah. security cam looks for interesting footage. No, it's not. This is mobile. Like. The the slice of like you know weird camera categories, action cams, drop cams, security cams, wearable cameras, blah, 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 go on down the line. The fact that Google looked at that landscape and like had a thing that hadn't precisely been executed on before, at least not by a company that you've ever heard of, is really kind of remarkable. So I was on CNBC yesterday to talk about Google stuff, and I really like um, the hosts I'm on CNBC. They're all very smart but it was just like clear like it's a complicated thing and they didn't know it and they're like gopro stock has dropped today because google announced clips and i was like huh. i i don't think that those things have anything to do with each other because this does not compete with gopro and then i said here's what it does uh and the host said to me oh it's like a security camera and i was like no it's not it you know like looks for this thing and the other host after the after the segment ended he's like oh yeah you know i've, I've got uh an outdoor camera at my country house and like it looks for stuff. And I was like, I have, I have one of those too, but it also not this, like the number of things that it's not is like so much higher than the number of things that it is. 
Yeah. They're going to have to seed a ton of, like, they're going to have to go on every morning show. Sundar Pichai is going to have to, like, <laughs> have that awkward conversation with Megyn Kelly. <laughs> He's like, here's a picture of Mike. Like, they're going to have to, like, figure it out. So they have, they probably are going to, they're going to hire a team of like 50 parents with toddlers and 50 people <laughs> with cute dogs. Yeah. And they're going to send them out in just a giant assault, a wave into every morning Instagram show. influencers like, for days. Are you an Instagram yeah, influencer? Right? You're getting a Google clips tonight. That's right. <laughs> it's already but in yeah, your house. A few things, a few things watching you. The video quality does not look very good. No. It's a seven second clip. Uh, I forget the frames per second, but it's a burst photo. It's not a video. Hmm. The What's the difference between a burst photo and a video? Hmm, let's get philosophical. Uh, but like that's why it looks the way it does. Well, but no, but just no, it looks like uh it looks like somebody blew on the lens, you know? It's like I know it's oh. I know it's wide angle, but it's just like the fidelity of the image does not look great. Also, did they tell you why seven seconds is is the magical time? Like, what if I do something really uh, hilarious and it's, it takes eight seconds to really pull <laughs> off? They didn't really. Uh, I imagine it's like, how how much can they get? How much can they analyze? It does a bunch of like clever trimming things, so it's not always precisely seven seconds. So if you reach and grab your hand to pick it up, it'll be like, oh, he's reaching to grab it. You don't want that, and they'll cut that off. If you're holding it and your hand is too shaky, they'll grab like three seconds where it's stable and, and throw away the rest. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I'm not sure why seven, but that's the average of how long the clips can be. One thing that really struck me from the announcement, the way the announcement and the things that they emphasized, like it looks like a camera yeah. and there is a light that is on and you know it's recording. It seems like they really learned their lesson from Google Glass. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, and that this, you know, this is definitely along the, the lines of something like that Google Glass is, was trying to, like, there will always be a camera right there, right in the moment, so everything could be captured. This is like a completely different vector to come come in on, but. Well, we talked about this last week with uh, Amazon's little Echo alarm clock. Like they're training you. Dan had this idea that they're training you to be okay with cameras by like making it cute and putting in an alarm clock. Yeah. I think Google's doing the same thing. It's training you to be okay with cameras by making it cute. I've never really had this huge fear. I mean, I've, I've had a laptop for my entire adult life that has a little little camera at the top of it. You know, like I've had a camera around me at all times. I feel like I'm. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty good with it. I understand that's an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. I think Ben wrote that piece today, right? That's like, this thing is creepy as hell, but I want one immediately. Yeah. I think that's that's going to be a lot of people. And you can just like turn it off and like put it away. I think Google Glass is like, there's someone in this room with me, and he's a cyborg. Right. It's always a he, and they're, they're, they're watching me. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case with clips. I think the case with clips is like, you just sit it there. But they are going to have to do a full-on... Hundred percent, like morning show holiday marketing push, and then, not to belabor this point, actually make and sell the device, <laughs> which does not seem to be a thing they're good at. A strong suit, <laughs> yeah. But you can't buy the buds yet either. I know nobody has actually tried, but I'm a crazy person, so I did. And then yeah, they're six to eight weeks out on a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, and I don't know when the clips is going to become available. Okay, <sighs> so after all of that. After all, that was of emotional. It. Yeah, Ethan, Google serious about hardware. I, I, I saw all this stuff, 
and then got all the briefings and learned everything I could about it and then went to go have a nice walk and sit on a park bench with Sundar Pichai to ask him about everything. Um, and I was, I was focusing, I wasn't reading the news. I was like, I'm not going to get distracted by Twitter right now. Um, went and talked to him and asked him about the ethics of AI. And he immediately said, I feel a huge responsibility when we get stuff wrong in search. And I was like, great, that's a good answer. We talked all about all this stuff about how AI is going to change the interface of your phone. And every time you open up your phone, you do the same thing. And the AI should just know that lovely conversation. Go home, transcribe the thing, start writing my article, uh, call Neil. I say, hey, I think I got it. It's, <laughs> uh, I think I know what the article's going to be. And he's like, yeah, uh, what was his answer about 4chan? I was like, why the hell would I ask Sundar Pichai about 4chan? And then he's like, oh, you don't know. For the last 14 hours, everyone's been flipping out because Google put 4chan in its top stories box. Uh, you know, when people search for this thing, and it was totally fake news uh, because it was a conspiracy theory that they were on spinning. On 4chan. And on 4chan, Google promoted 4chan. Um, it's just not so a then good I had look. to go through this whole. Yeah, I had to, I had to like go through this whole rigmarole of like, uh, did he know? Because I didn't know. And did he think that I knew when I asked the question? And that's what I was referring to, or not? And when did he know? And if he knew, then fine. If did he know that I didn't know? And this whole thing. End of the end of the story is if you read the top of the article, uh, I didn't know that anything was going on. He had a vague idea that something was going wrong, and so he was in part referencing the fact that Google had allowed 4chan to be promoted on Google search. The end. I thought his answer, his answer should have been, I'm immediately personally modifying the Google algorithm so that we don't surface <laughs> noted troll message boards in the top news box. Yeah. But if I had talked to him like step, an hour later, that might have been it. If I talked to him an hour later, that might have been his answer. Like to be very fair, like he like he got there, the thing was starting to bubble up, and the, he's like, "I should get briefed on this," but instead, I have to go like sit down with this schmuck Dieter Bone yeah. and no, talk to him for an hour that. about AI. He did. He sent me that. Email. So it was weird. I was like, "Sundar yeah. is using the word schmuck." It's weird. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound like him. Uh, <laughs> what Mark Zuckerberg is not like Google and Facebook are in this conversation together. What Zuckerberg is not saying. Yeah as loudly as he needs to be saying, is we should be held accountable for this, right? He's They're trying to chart a path that's like, we're a neutral platform, people are going to do what they want to do, we're protecting the integrity of elections in Germany, we're not going to tell you how, right? Like, they're, they're, they're being very opaque. Google, it, to Sunar's credit, although I think they have to do better, at least he's saying, hold us accountable, we, we screwed this up. Right. And like, yeah, hopefully they actually do better because everyone just held them. But yeah, but at least the second part of that is actually doing the thing and being transparent about the thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, I actually think Facebook has done a slightly better job at like actively saying this is what happened. This is what we know. This is what we're doing. They got pushed into it. They like tried not to do it in the first place. So Zuck is doing a worse job in like taking responsibility, but a slightly better job in saying, here's what happened. Here's what like we're, we're working on. Um, Google's going to be speaking to Congress, uh, I think November 1st, maybe. Um, and I want to know what ads on Google were there to like in, during the election. I want to know if they think they got gamed by Russia in some way. I don't think we have as much information about what uh, you know the Russians trying to influence the election did on Google as we do uh, what they've done on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Well, see, I, I think Google with the 4chan thing 
they walked themselves into a place where they're in a conversation with Facebook in a way that yeah they weren't previously just the, just the biggest dumbest unforced error. What do you do? Like yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but on the same time, they were on YouTube. Charlie Warzel, who's doing a great job, BuzzFeed News, tracking this stuff, pointing out YouTube is full of misinformation. It's bubbled up to the top. So I, I, they've got some work to do. We're ending on a real down note here. So I'm going to ask the question I started to ask before you, you talked about this. Um, okay. All this stuff. You saw all this stuff. You met all the people. Talked to yeah. all the people. Yeah. Is Google serious about hardware? Uh, uh, until you tried to buy a phone today, I would have said <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, they're, they're serious about it. I don't know, but like in order to truly be serious about it, they have to sell it in volume and, uh, they're not quite there, but they're serious about it. They're like, you don't enter two new product categories if, if it's a hobby, right? You don't, you don't acquire half of HTC. You don't build a giant new building in your campus for all your hardware engineers to move into. Um, the question of what, are they serious? The answer is yes, but what we don't know is it yes because we're going to make a ton of money on it. And it's going to be we're going to make as much money as Apple does or whatever. It's like it's going to be half. It's going to like be half our business next to ad sales. Or if it's we're gonna we're gonna make hardware so that we've got a little bit of you know hedge and a little bit of cherry on the top of the ad money Sunday. Uh, that's that's less clear to me. Yeah, I just wish they'd built a factory as well as that huge building. <laughs> I mean, they could use AI I mean, what to you- improve <laughs> manufacturing. <laughs> Something. I think you're right. I, yeah. It just seems clear that in order to ship the AI stuff they want to ship, they have to make some of their own stuff. They can't wait around for Samsung to get out of its own way with its own software, right? Like they need to be in control of the user experience in a pretty significant way. How? Well, I think honestly, it also seems clear that. Uh, if things go south with Samsung for one, in one way or another, they need to have the chops to spin up their own high-end hardware thing and actually sell stuff in volume. If Samsung says, screw it, we're going Tizen, that's bad for Android, that's bad for Google. They need to. They can't just, on a dime, start making Samsung-quality phones. Right, or so if just if hypothetically... Else, they've, it's a hedge. Samsung's phone started exploding, or hypothetically... <laughs> The CEO of Samsung was caught up in a scandal so enormous the entire government of South Korea fell apart. Or yeah. it just who knows? Just things could happen and they would definitely yeah. have meaningful impact on Samsung. <laughs> Nothing. Samsung will never go anywhere. Actually, here's a question. Samsung disappears tomorrow. Yeah. Like it the, the whole company implodes. Who is more hurt by that? Google or Apple? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. More might be Apple. More hurt by that. Yeah, oh, might because be. like they can't yeah, get their Apple, components. They they use they use Samsung screens and Samsung chips. Google can get by using other stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. Put that in your pixel and something. I don't know. Put that in your pixel and then think about Maybe owning a pixel come. someday. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your shopping cart and then wait patiently for eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. <laughs> All right. That is our show. No. No? Every week. Oh, man. No. I'm sorry, Paul. I forgot. I do a segment. <laughs> uh, nobody ever forgets. Not even me. I never forget. It's called Micro is More Mini Than Mini. And this is oh, the uh, exciting. That's like a little mnemonic I use to remember the different ports because there's mini USB 
which sounds very small. Yeah. And then micro USB, which is what you use to charge your phone and your Xbox One controllers and your PlayStation 4 controllers. But until now, you've not been able to charge a PlayStation Move controller with micro because they came out in the PS3 era. But uh, Sony right. Sony is uh, refreshing some PlayStation VR stuff. That pass-through box mm-hmm. now does HDR, yeah. which is very exciting. Mm. Um, but they're changing the... Mo- oh, that's actually very exciting. They're changing the Move controller, so it's uh, micro-USB now. Finally. Good job, Sony. Maybe I'll buy one this weekend. And then <laughs> Wait six it. to eight weeks. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, all right. That was great. Thank you. It's really... I didn't, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> it's okay. I love you, man. All right. There's other podcasts to listen to. We are done for the day. There's other stuff to listen to. Lauren Good, who's on the show a whole bunch, has her own podcast called Too Embarrassed to Ask. Guess who's on it this week? Rick Osterlow. Well, hey. A little company called Google. I sent in a question. Where's my phone? <laughs> Dot com, Rick. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do that, but I should. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. There's a number of other podcasts in the Vox Media Podcast Network, of which, again, I remind you that we are the flagship. Mm-hmm. Ezra Klein has a show, a rival <laughs> show. We both definitely listen to one another's shows. <laughs> <laughs> listen to all that stuff. It's great. We've got new shows coming out on The Verge side. Caitlin Tiffany and Ashley Carmen have a great new show coming up called Why'd You Push That Button? I'm so so excited about the show. It's going to come up later this month. And I'm excited to preview this to you. Not preview. Just leak it. And leak some information here on the Vergecast. Casey Newton podcast. What? Yeah. What's it called? Mm. I told him I think it should be called a Casey Newton show, but he rejected that idea. But it's coming. It's going to be something else. So all that's happening. Well, it's, well if it's called the Snaptop Experience. <laughs> See? It's a different title every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it's all the rumbles are rumbling. So stay tuned to the Verge Podcast Network, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, mm-hmm. of which we are the flagship, the flagship. in total. I get it. I get it. We're the flagship. We're a Venn diagram with a ship on top. With the best boat, Eli. <laughs> okay? I get it. The finest boat in all of audio. And you're the captain of the boat. <laughs> I'm the captain now. All right. That... For better or worse, was our show. Please tweet at us. Uh, Dieter's at Backlon. He has the answers to all your questions this week. Paul is at Future Paul. I'm at Reckless. We love your feedback. Go into iTunes. Leave a comment about headphone jacks. And then hit those five stars. That's what we want from you. And we'll be back next week. Thanks so much. Rock and roll. Paul. Promo code. <laughs>